From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. First and goal on the Dolphins one. Zamir White, the setback behind Stidham. Handoff, trying the middle. Zamir White pushing, pushing in. TDLV. An opening drive touchdown for the Raiders. Raiders come with four. Here comes the fifth rusher. And he's sacked. Deshaun Bauer had him around the waist. And the Raiders defense holds on fourth down. The clock hits zero. And that's another Vegas victory. 15-13, Josh McDaniels and company improved to 3-0. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Monday. Cofield and Company, Steve Cofield. Ari is running the show right here in the Finley Toyota Studios. Busy, busy Monday. Adam Hill is the company. We had a bombshell story drop over the weekend, and Adam's got ties very much to both sides of the story. So there is no one, no one in the country who knows this Dana White, Tom Brady, Gronk to the Raiders story, as one as well as uh, one Adam Hill. Before we get to the three, TDLV, as Jason Horowitz tries out new calls, he's experimenting a little bit. You know, we pointed out last week, I didn't see anyone else pick up on this, but I also don't talk to a lot of people. I'm very much a hermit. Um, When he was using the six easy and six hard to qualify touchdowns, craps. Sure. You were not in that day, so everyone else in that day was like, what? I'm like, gambling reference, six easy, six hard. Although more people will say, Easy six or hard six, right? Hard eight, whatever. Um, TDLV, this could be one I would advise him against. Yeah. And if this sounds like nitpicking, remember the journey we went through when Bill Foley and company kind of licked their finger and put it up to the wind, and they sent out Nevada, Golden Knights, Las Vegas, Golden Knights, Vegas, Golden Knights. There was a whole debate over what we call ourselves. I don't know that most people here call Las Vegas or Vegas if they ever call it LV. Like, I've tried to shorten the Raiders to go with LVR. And I'm like, yeah, nah. Well, look look at the struggles I've been through the last eight years trying to refer to Southern Highlands as so high. Oh, I think that's much. Which is a great nickname. It is a great nickname. I've I've latched onto that. There actually is a, a business now that opened a so high yeah. blank. It works. Give them a free, it works. Free plug. But yeah. um, DTS. As much as I want it to work, it doesn't work for it's, it's, for it's downtown the wrong Summerlin. Of words. It doesn't. It it doesn't work. The uh, your VGS for hockey Chirons. You insisted on going with it. With your seven snarky friends on Twitter, whoever they were. So, what do we think? TDLV. I would say Easy Six is better than TDLV. Not that either one should be the the last thing. Yeah. It's hard. It's it's hard to come up with your signature call on touchdowns. Uh, Brent did okay with Jackpot Baby. That's not bad. I mean, Greg Papa just just doing you know just guttural Raiders. You can't steal it, but that was that's one of the best. So, but I do I do feel like it needs to have some sort of Vegas feel. 
So some more experimentation I would expect that coming up. Easy but, but I would say, as a guy who's coming from outside the area, you need to talk to people here. I don't think people reference it as LV ever. No. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use that one. I don't even think the LV that are on hats. Like, I have a UNLV hat. That's LV. It looks okay. The aviators have tried the LV. I kind of like the LV hats, but I, but you don't say it. Right. Yeah, I mean, but it's the preseason. He just started. It's the preseason. He's working it out. He's been well. He also fantastic. He, he didn't have. He didn't have. Uh, he didn't have but like seven days before the first preseason game right. either. So he's like, it's not like they hired him back in April and he's been brainstorming about his calls. Yeah, I, I think he's, he's trying to he's trying to work it out. It's preseason for the refs. Preseason for the team, for the announcers, for everyone. It's the three on Cofield and Company. Quick note from the NFL. Uh, last week I was bringing up with our legal advisor, legal insider, and legal advisor, Justin Watkins, about both Marshawn Lynch and Akib Tlaib because they had ties to Amazon. Tlaib for sure was going to be part of the Amazon Thursday night package. And I was saying, uh, can they can they jump now and just say, you know what, we don't want any part of this. Uh, Tlaib's brother is you know arrested for suspicion of murder. Apparently, Akib Tlaib was very much involved at the front end of the fight that resulted in this youth football coach getting shot and killed. Uh, and I mentioned last week, like, hey, can they? do they need a morals clause? Do you have to wait until charges? Do you have to wait until the legal process moves along? So uh, Amazon's not messing around. So Akib Tlaib, uh, guilty or innocent of something, he's, he's not going to be part of it. So yeah, I guess they could revisit it down the road, but he won't be part of it. And I... You know, I don't know if he was exclusive to Amazon or if he was still. I think we have to look that up. He was on uh, probably the third or fourth team on CBS. Yeah. And, as and as I a think, color voice. So I don't know if he's doing Sunday football either. I don't know if that's been announced. But you mentioned, you know, it's a tough spot for Amazon to decide how you handle it. And, and the the easiest way in these scenarios, which, we, which we've seen over the years, is to just kind of convince the person, hey, man, just walk away. Just, just quit and say it's for your family and everything and. Uh, that seems to be what happened here, whether it was forced or whether uh, they just said, "Hey, instead of going through a procedure of some sort, like let's just let's just have you step away." And uh, that's what he decided to do, and uh, that kind of cleans things up a little bit. It makes it less messy. I'm seeing a lot of no surprise on the release today of Kenyon Drake. I didn't see a lot of people writing that he was going to get released last week. Maybe I missed it, but he has been released. It's going to be a cap casualty. Like a pretty significant one, but the Raiders are going to, you know, pull the whatever the scab off. Not that Kenyon Drake is a scab, but uh, as they further shape this running back room like we thought they would in the future, which is running back by committee. What was Drake due to make this year? Was it up to like eight? They, no, they renegotiated a bunch of stuff. He got, uh, it was 2.5 this year, oh, but okay. he had, he got a $5 million con- uh, roster bonus Ooh. back in the fall, back in the spring. Uh, which was, hey, thanks, old administration, <laughs> for the uh, parting gift. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he it was. It's a center, he's going to have some dead cap space next year to kind of be played out over both. of Is the this first year years. like three, and next year is like three and a half? They actually save a little bit of money this year. Okay. Uh, like two hundred fifty thousand, like nothing. Uh, and then next year they've got some dead cap space. But um, to your point of no surprise, sometimes I guess we need to be more direct. Like I, maybe that's the thing. Like if you look on my Twitter on on, on Saturday during the game, I'm like, Kenny Drake. Hmm. Okay, I'll admit I didn't see Saturday. I just yeah. hadn't seen last week. I saw I, – I know there was building momentum for Amir Abdullah and what he's done in camp, and I think we talked about that last week. Yeah. And then the way I looked at it was Amir Abdullah is going to – I think I mentioned it on the air because you you, uh, you corrected me when I said he – you know, someone at the bottom of the list, a running back list, may go bye-bye. And I mentioned Britton Brown, 
And you said, well, they hope to get him on the practice squad. So it wasn't the bottom that Amir Abdullah was affecting. It was the top. Yeah. Because he's a cheaper option. And Drake wasn't their guy. And if you want to go back for the audience, remind the audience, the Drake signing was a little bit controversial with all the needs this team needed uh, or needed to fill. I'm sorry. All the needs this team had to fill. You sign a running back for you know some deal like north of $11 million, and they were like, oh, the joker position. Remember the same position Lynn Bowden was going to yeah. play. And you know, that was that was a Gruden guy. Yeah. And Gruden, now Gruden as a, a talent evaluator or a, a GM is now a couple of generations back. Yeah, for sure. And and this it was a, a deal that obviously at the time listen, I think you have having played fantasy leagues with me over the years, know like there's not a bigger Kenny Drake supporter of his talent than me. Uh, but it, the signing made no sense. It made zero sense at the time, makes zero even less sense now, obviously. Uh, they redid the deal, but still was a little bit uh, onerous to have him, have him on the roster. It made it made no sense at his salary, although at this point, you are got to pay him anyway. You might as well have kept him around, I think, but I think they just wanted to kind of, you know, cut, cut the uh, bandage a little bit, rip it off, and just say, let's just take our hit now uh, because they do have a lot of guys they love. I mean, the writing was on the wall, for not only Drake, but you know the rest of the guys on the roster in that position when they drafted two running backs in the draft. I mean, it was pretty clear at that point that they wanted to stockpile that position. Zamir White has been fantastic. Britton Brown coming off a, a really good game. But I think this is more about Abdullah than anyone else, that that's the guy that they want in that role. Uh, they've liked him for a while. Uh, and you know it seems like he's got that. And when he didn't play at all on Saturday and was home and Kenyon Drake was getting carries late into the third quarter, it was a, a pretty big flag there that this was probably going to happen at some point. Um, we talked in week one about are they showcasing Josh Jacobs for a trade? Pretty clearly they were doing that with uh, with Kenyon Drake this week. It uh, looks like no takers so far uh, to take him off their hands, but they still have a little bit of time. I don't think they've actually made the transaction official. So I think uh, this leaked out, and they've got 24 hours to see if somebody actually wants to give up a pick for him. I saw that Josina Anderson. Do you see these comments? No. Josina Anderson had uh, just spoken to... Kenyon Drake, and he seemed pretty chill about the whole thing. He actually just posted a. Uh... You want me to want me to read Josina first, sure. and then you can read what he said. Uh, she said, "Just got off the phone with Kenyon Drake, and again, folks, if you're just tuning in, Raiders number two running back. We thought waived today, released. Well, will be. still has to be processed." Uh, he said, "I'm just vibing at the crib right now. I'm just waiting on the next 24 hours." I, uh, I didn't think uh, anyone would trade for me just because of the contract situation. Either way, Raiders have to pay me. <laughs> I'm at peace, and through my entire career, I've proved that I can be versatile out of the backfield, catching passes, special teams. I'm a professional. At the end of the day, I love ball. Yep, and he'll, I'm sure, find a place to go. The Raiders will be able to take whatever he signs for out of what they owe him, but it'll probably be league minimum unless there's – some sort of a little mini bidding war or something for him. Right. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's that's where they are right now. He just posted a Bible verse. That's what did. he did. Yeah, he uh, he also said, honestly, I felt like the writing has been on the wall recently, like within the last two or three weeks. I never felt like I had a shot, a fair shot, never felt like I had a fair shot to really compete for the job coming off the injury at the end of the day. That's business. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, Kenny Drake said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Okay. I'm not going to mock on the guy. Are they, is the is Las Vegas the valley of death? I don't know. Are the Raiders? Is the team facility? Seems dramatic. 
it's ominous. It's just like a it's like a black background. It's kind of I mean it's black and silver. Maybe you're owed to the Raiders, but like they're saying they're evil. Well, we got a big show on the way. So Kenyon Drake kind of jumped into the rundown in the last hour or so. We got Bill Belichick at the Raiders facility. Can we get some Darth Vader music? Dun, 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 whatever. <laughs> right? So Belichick is in town. They got some scrimmages coming up on Tuesday and Wednesday. But the biggest story of the weekend, let's get into this. Dana White goes on the Gronkcast or McAfee. What, I don't even know what he was on. What was he on? The Gronkcast. Okay, the Gronkcast. UFC 278 with the Gronks. Oh, they did the Gronkcast. Yeah. That's okay. And Dana White goes on there and just starts telling some story. And I think a lot of people are like, well, that's that can't be a true story. Although by Mark Davis's reaction today, which I think is very interesting, it's a hell of a story. And I'm guessing that uh, going back to Adam Hill's reporting back in 2020, it was all true about Brady potentially coming to the Raiders. I worked to put that deal together for Brady and Gronk to come to the Raiders. And it was almost a done deal. And at the last minute, Gruden blew the deal up and said that he didn't want him. And Whoa. all Whoa. hell broke loose, man. It was crazy. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. We all play this game to win. We don't treat these games any differently than we would treat a regular season games in terms of our effort to achieve the goal. All the situational plays and all the things that come up in a game, whether it's a preseason or regular season game, they're meaningful. We can learn from them. I thought our team was into it. They understood what the situations were, what we were trying to get done, and I think that's great preparation for us as we move forward. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Josh McDaniels on the approach getting ready for the season. I think the approach is pretty clear now on what they think of preseason games. How many of the Raiders stayed behind? Didn't even go to Miami? It was uh, like high teens, I think. <laughs> it was a lot. Definitely a lot of guys. And he made it obvious last week. He kind of, when he was answering Willie's questions, you know, Willie was trying to get more specific about who's going to be there and who's not. Uh, McDaniels tried to throw him off the scent by saying everyone's a key player. Uh, but he also said uh, the preseason games are no more important than this joint practice coming up and our regular practices. Not even no more. I mean, without saying it, they've been kind of saying it for a couple of weeks and mm-hmm. we've been kind of writing about it that the joint practices is their, that's their time to get the quote unquote starters. Cause I know he said last week, what do you mean? Are the starters playing? We don't know who the starters are. Yeah. We don't know who the starters are. So <laughs> uh, the quote unquote, you know, guys that we assume are starters, right? The joint practice is what they always had in mind and we're always going to be a part of. I I can't foresee anybody uh, of ultra importance. Key, <laughs> key players? Yes. Uh, playing Super key? On, on Friday. Uh, no Derek Carr, no Devontae Adams, no Matt Crosby, no Max Crosby, no Chandler Jones, no Hunter Renfro, no Colton Miller in Miami. And like you said, it was up closer to 20, but those yeah. are, we'll call them key players, even if they're Josh, all key players. Josh McDaniels. <laughs> Won't. Well, that was a week after uh, Josh McDaniels is getting like creative, and I guess how he's answering these questions because the week before it was, "Will we see guys like Derek Carr and Devonte Adams in the game?" And he said, "You will see them at the stadium." 
That was last week, and this okay. week was... He didn't specify that, so he didn't get caught. And this week was, uh, will we see some of the key players in the game? And his answer was, all of our players are key players. They're all key players. Sure. Well, I wonder if Josh McDaniels would have taken the Raiders job, because it would have been open. That wouldn't have been affected by Tom Brady as a Raider. I think it would have been really attractive. I think. I think definitely. I, I, I think. Well, I think. So let's go back to 2020. Sure. And you can retell how all this thing, how the, how all this stuff came together. But first, Dana White is on the Gronkast, and he just throws it out there. Now, I think a lot of people who don't know Dana White are like, oh, maybe this guy's just telling stories because this is quite the story. I worked to put that deal together for Brady and Gronk to come to the Raiders. And it was almost a done deal. And at the last minute, Gruden blew the deal up and said that he didn't want him. And all hell broke loose, man. It was crazy. It was crazy. All hell broke loose. Gruden nixed GM Dana White's deal. That's why this story is so tremendous. Like, the president of the UFC, who is a Vegas guy, but is good friends with Brady. And it seemed like, I mean, Gronk knew of it. Uh, and we'll get Gronk's comments later on, too. But you've got this guy telling a story like you're not part of the Raiders. You're not football ops. I mean, this is quite a deal to put together. But it sounds like he at least worked on Brady to potentially come, which would mean that Brady would then pitch Gronk to come to the Raiders, which also would mean that Derek Carr was going somewhere else. Here's more Dana. Brady was already looking at houses, and it wasn't being said yet that Gronk was coming. So Las Vegas would have had Brady and Gronk the year that the Bucs won the Super Bowl, except Gruden blew the deal up. And there's so much story that goes along with this behind the scenes. And I, I, I was never going to tell that story till Gronk just said it. But, uh, and, yeah. And Dana? Let me tell you what, exactly Brady was what not happened. happened. And you just told the story. <laughs> That was the end of the usable audio. It was yeah. 17 guys started laughing at the same time. But this goes back to our memories of Adam Hill reporting at a USC event that, hey, the picture was there. Brady is sitting there talking to Mark Davis, you know, next to the octagon. And, hey, they're thinking about bringing him to play for the Raiders. And then you also reported, and I don't think this one got spread as much, that they had conversations away from the cameras in the back, in the bowels of the arena, and there were shouts of fake news. Fake news from all over the internet. Adam Hill didn't know what he was talking about. So at, at the time, that was the response. It said it was, you took a picture of Tom Brady and Dana White talking near the cage, and you just ran with that as a story. That was the claim from, by the way, fans and people in the organization. Now, they said at the time it was a very quick conversation next to the cage. I will tell you that is absolutely not true. And if you want to deny it still, guess what? I have proof. But, so go ahead and deny that. But yes, called fake news, didn't know what I was talking about. Where did you get this from? You're just making it up. And it's still continuing because so many people just read the headline of this story. Dana White says a deal was close. What would he know? Was he the GM? Dana White brokered the deal. Tom Brady agreed to the deal. Rob Gronkowski agreed to the deal. Nobody checked with John Gruden. <laughs> that, that is the, when people are like, what is, is 
Tom Brady is uh, Dana White the GM now? Well, no, but he is very close with Tom Brady. And by the way, here's something that nobody ever talks about. One of the top executives at the UFC, a very close relative of Tom Brady. Nobody ever brings that part of it up, but that's also true. Like there is very strong connections in this story. And so this was a story. This was true. And we've, it's played out over this time. And even as you know, as you said there, well, you know, Rob Gronkowski wasn't part of the time. Well, he was, and he's the one that told data to tell this story. The the lead up to that is Rob Gronkowski saying, Dana, are you going to tell this story finally? And he's like, no, definitely not. Come on, come on, you can tell it. And so he got permission to tell the story from Gronkowski. So this is, the story has been framed as Dana White says. Right, but Gronk gave him permission. Rob Gronkowski says Tom Brady agreed to a deal with the Raiders. Hmm. Is a better headline. Okay. Dana White told the story and all of that, and that's what we hear on here. But um, Rob Gronkowski says Tom Tom Brady agreed to the Raiders. And there was all the, you know, the machinations of what went on afterwards and things that, you know, played out. But, you know, th- this is something that happened, and the Raiders didn't didn't want Tom Brady necessarily in the end. And by the way, I don't even think that's the worst decision. We'll break it down. We'll break it down. I think there's a good debate to be had there. Uh, Albert Breer was asked about all this, and he's one of the NFL insiders, so he should know all the nooks and crannies of this Gronk and Brady and Dana White and John Gruden. All the Raiders doing a dance. Well, I guess Gruden wasn't part of the dance, but this story back in 2020. Here's Breer uh, with Hurd uh, giving out some of the other teams that were involved. And I, I thought he kind of blew off the Raiders part. Were you shocked at all when you heard Dana White say this? No, because the Raiders have been one team that had sort of been in the mix. And I, like I, I think I would tear it for you, Colin. Like At the very end, um, it really was the Buccaneers and the Chargers. But, you know, if you like wound back a couple of weeks – you had teams that had sort of, you know, put their foot in the water. The Raiders, the Bears, the Colts. And the Raiders were a team that had been talked about at the time. Okay, uh, the Raiders put their foot in the water. That kind of makes it sound like they weren't serious contenders. Meanwhile, Dana White is saying he put this together and Tom Brady's looking for real estate. So no, I, it sounds like it was pretty close. Both are true. The Raiders, again, the story is the Raiders yeah, weren't guess, interested. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, Albert Breer is telling this from the football side. Yes, the Raiders kind of flirted with it a little bit, and they were out. The other side is that Tom Brady decided on the Raiders. They said no. So, like, what he's saying is not disputing the report. It's not even contradictory to the report. It was that the Raiders weren't interested. Tom Brady was. And I think there's a lot of layers that go into that, a ton of layers that go into that. Like, what did Tom Brady get in return for agreeing to this deal with UFC and the Raiders? Remember... He was talking to the Dolphins after that, and the Dolphins were offering all this above and beyond. That's why the Dolphins are in trouble. So did Tom Brady get an idea from, oh, wait, I got all this. Who knows? Who knows well, what then that deal means was that Mark Davis to. was involved. No. What if, what if, the, what if the UFC was going to offer him something to come to Las Vegas? And then that's why he got the idea to go to the Dolphins. So you're saying he might have gotten some UFC ownership? I was saying potentially. All the layers are here. Where did, like... The Dolphins weren't just going to sign Tom Brady. The Dolphins were going to give him all kinds of things above and beyond, like ownership and all this other stuff that they were going to give him. That's why the Dolphins are in trouble. But the Raiders weren't involved. Like, there's so many. I'll I'll jump in going back to what we said 
most of the time that Brady was with the Patriots, that there always seemed to be a secret deal for yeah. him to take like 10 or 20% less than uh, market value, give him a discount. I mean, yeah. I, I have no knowledge of this, but uh, you were just saying, like, where did he get the idea to ask the Dolphins for ownership? Well, he did, I don't know if he got it from the Raiders. He might have got it from all his years with the Patriots. I'm sure he owns some freaking, you know, razor factory on the outskirts of East Jabib. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's there. It's a it's a wild story. Someone's got a deep like. I hope you do it. Someone's got a deep dive on this. It seems like. Seth Wickersham, ESPN writer, is very connected because he was the one who came out with the all the tumult that was going on between Kraft sure. and Brady and Belichick and Doc Guerrero, and that, that was another one. Well, fake news! Like, no, it wasn't because now when you look back, Brady was what a victim of tampering or an active participant in tampering. Like he was trying to get the hell out. Sure, that's why that first conversation with the Dolphins was when he was still with the Patriots. So there's a there's a lot going on here, and the Raiders part of it is completely believable. And we should point out, th- these conversations are at the end of January 2020. This is before Tom Brady was actually a free agent. Before anybody knew that he was actually going to and leave. Remember how big that decision was. Remember the stupid video they posted of him walking out? Of Foxborough? Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh my God, what does this mean? And it was like weekly updates. Like he's looking for schools in Nashville. I don't know. It could, that could be LeBron. But, you know, it was one of those where we were getting like weekly snitch weird updates. Like, what is he going to, is he actually going? Like, I, I mean, I remember without knowing where he was going, I guess I'll have to look back at the date. I remember when it was announced that he was leaving the Patriots, I came in and was crying. I got weepy. Because I was so happy. It was finally over. Blank you not. I was rubbing. I'm like, now that no, my team, the Jets, hasn't taken zero advantage of it. But the, so Patriot, the Patriots run is pretty much done. And yes, for you Patriot folks who are in town, it's done. You're the yeah, 10th, and- 11th, 12th team in the, a- or in the AFC overall. You might be the third best team in the AFC. Well, I think even... Even they would have to admit, if you're the hardest core Patriots fan that says, hey, we're going to win the next 10 Super Bowls, which is ridiculous, it'd be a new run. Like, that run is done. They, they've already had a couple of down years from that, even though they made the playoffs last year, kind of limped their way in. But, like, that run is over. Anything from here forward, even if you want to say they're still good, is a new run. It's not a continuation. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Play action. Settles into the pocket. Now moves forward. Has a lot of space across the 30, 40. Garber is across midfield and he slides down. Chase Garber's 27 yards on a scamper. The Dolphins got upfield. He saw it. He got past the defense. And another big run for the quarterback. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Big day, big weekend of Raiders news. So Garber's. Likely in, Nick Mullins, we know, is out. He got traded. He was battling for the number two spot, but it wasn't much of a race. Stiddy locked that up, so Mullins off to the Vikings, which is a combo we can have later because I know, I think you had tweeted out that uh, that Kellen Mons had actually looked good in that game. But we'll, we'll get to that. Adam Hill is here. So Adam's the guy who's been covering this from the get-go. This is that Dana White story that he told on the Gronkast that he brokered a deal for Brady. And Gronk, 
to come to the Raiders. He's going to leave the Patriots. We didn't know he was leaving the Patriots at the time. But he was going to come to the Raiders. Have you talked to Dana White since? Through intermediaries, not not to him. What? What's going on here? Well, your Rolodex, come on. He's one of your guys. Yeah, I'm still kind of upset that this <laughs> went through somewhere else. Well, you have to admit, a little bigger platform than, than sure. but but for your job purposes, you've been on the story from the get go, and you recall the louse and a jackass. Yeah, back a, then, a liar and a liar. Yeah, right. And that you took the photo at the USC event, like you're walking around <laughs> taking photos. Right. You're some junior Steve Cofield using his own uh, his own camera, taking video <laughs> and photos. Just walking up, and and by the way, that that's the other part of this that. And I referenced it earlier, but a lot of people said that everything that I reported was based on a picture of them together. Right. Just because there's a picture? Okay. Yes, that's what we do in the business. Oh, there's a picture. I'm going to write a whole story based on based on this. Uh, Mark Davis's reaction to the paper just kind of sounded annoyed. Wait, what? What, what you story? Think? What story? I don't. I don't. I don't remember much about this. The the best quarterback in the history of the of the world tried to sign with my team. I don't, that's a long time ago. I don't really remember. Mark Davis said, "I heard about White's comments. That was what two, three years ago or something. <laughs> I don't know, man. Talk to Dana. I remember that Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay. That's basically what I remember. I have no idea. Dana has the stories. Okay. I'm, can I? By, who? By, I didn't. Look, I didn't click on the link. Who got that quote? Ed. Okay." Because if it was someone else in your paper, that's the answer I would expect. Because Mark will be more forthcoming with some people, and others he will not. Because sure. I've sat there and witnessed it, and I was like, ooh, sure. he's not talking to that gentleman anymore. Sure. Everything is very curt and short. Um, wow. Yeah. So, again, Mark Davis says, I heard about White's comments. That was, what, two or three years ago or something? Like, I had no idea of this Raiders, Tom Brady real estate, you know, Brady and Gronk. Come in. You go, I don't know, man. Talk to Dana. I remember that. Tom Brady went to Tampa. That's basically what I remember. I have no idea. Can, Dana has the stories. Can I briefly step out of Adam Hill, the reporter, talking about my reporting on this story and just do speculation translation? Is there like, we, we need like a sounder for like, this is no longer the reports from the story. Uh, let's say that Mark Davis was very excited about this deal. Again, speculation. It was like, whoa, we just signed Tom Brady. And wait a minute. Our coach just said, what? No? To Tom Brady? Yeah, I don't want to talk about this ever again. And I never will talk about this ever again. And wait, what? They won the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm never talking about this story again. So you think he was sitting there a couple of years ago on the night of the Super Bowl after Brady wins it in Tampa thinking to himself, what the frig did we just do? Yes. Yes. Because I feel like John Lynch and Little Shanny need to admit that too. Because they turned him down. They turned him down for sure. Yeah, I mean I'm not I'm I'm more convinced that the Raiders did than the 49ers did. Man, John Gruden blew it up. And yeah. Look, there's there's a lot of layers to it. And and you wanna now do you want to open this discussion to the Raiders made the right decision turning down Tom Brady? The at, floor is yours. At the time. Okay. Which so, is something which is something important to get to because I'm I'm pre- I'm presenting it 
almost revising history because we know how it turned out for Tampa. Sure. Well, Tampa was in a position to be a quarterback away from winning a title. Do you remember the Raiders' defense in 2020? Tampa Bay's defense was awesome. Anybody remember the Raiders' defense? Now, we could we could play double, triple, quadruple hypothetical and say, well, who would they have signed? Who would have come with him? Right. Sure. Because that did happen in Tampa. A little. Yeah. They didn't. They it, had it, the pieces in place. It helps. Sure, they got Indomitian Sue to right. come in, and they got a couple of guys, but they mm-hmm. had the they had the framework of a really good team for him to step into, and then he added a couple more. You know, Fournette came down there. Uh, they had a couple more pieces that they added. Are are we convinced that the Raiders would have won the title that year? I'm not. Like I, they're still in the division with Kansas City that year, which was really good. I don't know that they would have won the division, so they would have had to go on the road, and the the Bucks had to had to a little bit as well. The AFC was was tougher. Like to me, I don't think I. But I also don't know that you can predict what difference Brady would have made in the regular season and a playoff seed and extra wins. I mean, I, I don't I, think it would have been. I thought I I said the whole year. I thought John Gruden called a lot of red zone situations like he didn't have confidence in Derek Carr. Does sure. he Does he call the game the same way with Tom Brady? It's possible. And right? then, is he kicking 54-yard field goals and not going for it on well, a four, I mean, fourth and short? I think John Gruden just loves field goals. I understand He's, that, but but with Brady versus Carr, maybe there's – and people want to fire back. Like, hey, Carr's just as good. Well, Gruden didn't not. believe that because that's not the way he called the games. Well, he Gruden, always seemed to be a bit hesitant in you know being – river. you know what? I'll stop. I, I mean, I actually, you, you hate when I say Riverwood Gambler. Uh, it's actually the higher percentage yeah. play to go for it on yes, fourth and one. Is. But, I, I mean, I'm actually, I'll actually fight on this – like. There's been kind of a narrative out of the car camp that, hey, part of the reason, last, part of the issue the last couple of years is Gruden just didn't believe in in car, just like you're saying. Well, this blows that up. He chose Derek Carr over Tom Brady. Hmm. He believed in him. Now, my my argument about was it the right decision is you have to go back to the mindset that John Gruden had at the time. At the time, this is pre emails, pre all that, of course. John Gruden is building. He's redone the roster. They've gotten younger. He's building for the future. He's got a ten-year contract, and he's probably thinking in his mind, "All right, you're gonna you're gonna give me Brady for what a year, maybe two? And that's what a lot of people thought. This this playing until he's forty-eight thing is just it's right. insanity. But but his his mindset was, "We are gonna. You want me to go after after we just blew up the entire roster? And we're building for the future, and I have a ten-year deal. You want me to throw that out the window, play for right now, and then after he's done in a year or two, then what?" So I, I think in John Gruden's mindset, because we're all looking at this as, hey, he won the Super Bowl. There is an alternate world where he comes to Vegas. They're okay. Maybe make the playoffs. Maybe not. Right on the verge there. They're okay. Tom Brady plays another two years, l- walks away, and now John Gruden has five years left on his contract with complete, completely rebuilding again. All right. I think there's a lot of things that could have happened with Brady around. Sure. Um, I wonder if he had... If they had consummated this, one, Derek Carr goes elsewhere, and I think they get at least a first-round pick for him. One. One. Yeah, if not, if not a second and a third, whatever. You'd get, you're going to get something good back for him, sure. so that's more draft capital. Now, the argument would be, hey, if it's a first-round pick, they might have screwed that first-round pick up. I have no does, – does Brady have any – does he have any input into drafts with Tampa? Like, imagine if Brady came in and nixed both Ruggs and Arnett, like how that would change the history of the Raiders. Sure. Although, I mean, would he have? Hmm. 
I don't know, anything to get Mayock and Gruden off of Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama. Yeah. Just anything. Because they had blinders on. For sure. They had blinders on deal. God bless John Simpson. Maybe he's going to be the starting left tackle. But enough. Hunter Renfro. Hunter, well, that that's right. That did work out. That was a good pick. Yeah. A lot of the middle round picks were good. So, so much could have changed with Brady here. Yeah. And, and it's it's impossible to say. What I, All I'm presenting is... What is John Gruden's mindset at the time of saying, because it's being painted as he just said no to Tom Brady and yes to Derek Carr. It's not that easy. I get what you're describing. It's not that that he was looking at his long-term future. I've got, you know, I've got a job here for a while. Are we trying to build for, you know, the immediate? When he had already, he had just spent two years building for the future, tearing everything down, building for the future. And then now you're going to make me go all in. And again, this is not, this was not the Raiders that negotiate. This is an outside force coming in and saying, Hey, I just brought you your quarterback. And he's like, ah, was I, did I have a say in this? It's a wild story. God, I would love to get Gruden side. You know, did it, was it just an ego thing? Or is it the rationale that you just said? Well, and that, and that is, by the way, the other part of this that I, I didn't say, but I was thinking in my mind was, was John Gruden thinking, I'm on my way to winning a Super Bowl, and if we bring in Tom Brady, he's going to get every single bit of credit. I hope he wasn't thinking that. I, I hope I not hope. either. Well, I mean, you, you said you'd love to hear Gruden's story. I would. I so would I. Believe me. I mean, I don't know how many more times I can text or call and have him not return over like I, I have over the last thirty six hours. So. Ooh. Luke Bryan's in town. Sorry, that was a clunky transition, but we great. got a prize to give away. Two tickets. Does, can I text John Gruden and see if he wants to win these, and maybe he'll text me back? Two tickets. Use it for however you want. The tickets will probably be gone by the time he answers you or you get your text out. Uh, August 31st, Labor Day weekend, Luke Bryan Resorts World Theater is in town for three shows, 31st, September 3rd, and 4th. We've got two tickets right now. Ari's got the tickets, 364-1100, Caller 7, Luke Bryan tickets at Resorts World. You can grab your own tickets at axs.com. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. That's scorched to left. Picked up on a bounce by Gallo. Could have a play at the plate. Here it comes. Fires! In and over. Joey Gallo outfield assist. Ryan Pepio scored his first inning. This is quite an arm, and you go, forget about the cutoff, man, all the way in the air, because if you're accurate, he's out. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. What happens, right? You bring in great overall baseball players who can defend. The fans appreciate them, and you're 84 and 36. The fans crap all over a guy, say good riddance, say that Joey Gallo was lying about feeling uncomfortable going out of his freaking house in Manhattan, and you start off August 4 and 15. Six straight series losses? And now... The way Joey Gallo is treated and shuttled out of town to L.A. ultimately will cost, this could be the number one reason that the Yankees lose Aaron Judge. All right, I'm making some of that up. But nice play there by Gallo. Good throw from left field. Got a good hop. Played it perfectly. On the fly. To the plate. Good tag. Out. So, still hitting 160. But he's had a couple of home runs. And uh, they need a little depth in the outfield because of Mookie Betts right now. So. But the Dodgers are 84 and 36, and the Yankees have gone 4 and 15 in August. That is amazing. 
Were they, didn't I see they were like the seventh or they're the first team to 70 wins and now they're like the eighth best record in baseball or something, something along those lines. They have, they have almost, I, I'm never going to say no shot cause you can turn things around and they're also, they're, they're not healthy right now. Yeah. So, uh, but being the number one seed is going to be tough. I don't think they'll blow the AFC, AFC, the, uh, the AL least in football mode. I think that but, but at they one can. point, at one point they were at 99.8 chance to win the division. I think mm. now they're at like 82. There's still an overwhelming favor to win the division, but it shows you how 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 much they've opened the door. They're eight games up on the Blue Jays, eight games up on the Rays. I forget who we were talking to. Oh, it was a late night crew, uh, some old guys who really like baseball and started asking. I don't know why they were asking me. Like I'm some sort of expert on it, but they were asking about what's the biggest collapse. So in uh, you know divisional history, so the when the Yankees caught the Red Sox. I think that was the Bucky Dent home run where they played a one-game playoff. The Red Sox had an eight-game lead on August 13th. So what is this, August 22nd? Yeah. So it happened, and there was a year, remember, 1964? (laughs) Gene Mock with the Phillies. I think they blew a six-and-a-half game lead with 12 games left because they lost 10 straight. Oof. Rough. So it could it could happen. Yankees lineup is filled with a lot of guys who they were not expecting to be in there an awful lot outside of a pinch hit here or there in September. So they, they I mean they expect to be healthy at some point, right? I don't know how long some of these guys are out, but you watch I mean, them I, and you're I, like I wouldn't expect anything from John Carlos Stanton in terms of being healthy because he could come back and get hurt right again. That's <laughs> that's really has been his biggest issue with the Yankees. But when those two guys are together, that's why the Yankees were awesome and they were pitching really well and they're pitching some of it. Has regressed to the mean. Ooh, Chapman. Ooh. Uh, he, you know what? He came back. He was, it looked like he was ready to take over. And then he was freaking him, blown up again. Three in the top of the 10th last week. Yeah. <laughs> Got to win. Got the win. Disaster. Uh, I was over at the Al today. I was over at Allegiant. There you go. Ooh, it was hot. It was hot over there. It was warm today. It's hot over there. Uh, so warm that there was a chart out merchandise trailer. Is that what happened? And the sun just, just, just caught on fire. The sun just was so overwhelming that there was a fire? No, that was one of the big viral videos of the weekend. Vegas disaster videos are really big around the, the United States. People love our floods. Well, they, I mean, it, our fires. We do have some wild videos, like, you know, with casinos just having water flowing through the middle of them. Uh, and then you get calls from relatives like, are you, is everything okay? Are you okay? And I, I'll say, it's actually not even raining here right now. So that's a crazy thing. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, do you live far from the strip?" No, it takes yeah. me four minutes to get there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm like nine miles, and I think like out of the eight rainiest days we had, I got maybe I got rain of a serious nature. Two out of the eight days, it's just weird. It hits in pockets. But anyway, there was this fire outside of Legion. It turned out that it was, and this was after the uh, weekend concert. Like when was, was the, the concert? concert this weekend? Yeah, when was the concert? The we- it was weekend. It's a Doja Cat concert. Was oh, that right? Well, she opened for him. I didn't know that. Yeah, she's pretty good. So anyway, merchandise trailer. Apparently, some jabroni put some boxes near the generator. Caught fire. Pretty intense fire. Yeah, videos were crazy. I. I mean, I, I saw a lot of people saying the stadium was on fire. It didn't even in the videos. It didn't look like the stadium was on fire. It looked like a car fire of some sort. Uh, but yeah, it's always always sucks when there's 
a fire, there's damage, anything like that. But it sounds like for the most part, we got through it. Maybe just lost some weekend T-shirts and Doja Cat sweatshirts or something. Four o'clock hours on the way. UNLV opponent preview. The last that we'll do to close out the look from the end of the season to the beginning. We'll preview Cal. Cal football.